Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. Check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and NetsDaily.com. Mike, I'm fired up. We got a W. We got <laughs> we had an interview we earlier. Got, we got a W before Donald Trump was elected president. It all happened so fast. For that us. is happening, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, we are recording this on Tuesday night. We are here in my Casa de Smelts. Mm. Mm. That didn't Latin sound flavor. That, <laughs> sound that great coming out. Um, we just recorded an interview with Jim Spinarkle of Yes, so you can hear that towards the second half of our podcast. It's a three-act podcast, generally. Just a two-actor. Oh, okay. Um, so we are here, uh, Brian. Week one in the books for the Nets. Mm, you want some hot takes, I bet. Hot takes. I bet you want some hot takes. But you know what? Before we get to that, we got to drop some drops. This is important stuff. I'm double dropping it. You didn't get me. You didn't put my volume back up the first no, time. No, no, you're good. You? No, you were there. All you were right, there. All right. Brian. Listen. Brian said my breath stinks, so I'm sitting further away from him. Breath does stink. That yeah. Just, I said no, it because it's true. Part, um, partly what it is, it's my wife just came back with our new dog. We have a dog here named Georgie. Which is my dog, Georgie. Say hello. She's walking next to Brian. She really likes Brian. Surprise. Not a dog She's person. Like, well, I smell like a cat. That's why. Yeah, I'm a cat person. Um, um hot well, takes. You hot, want takes. hot takes. Oh man. Oh god. I got so many. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Nets are going to win 82. <laughs> they're going to win one out of four. Uh, no, I think. But seriously, okay. Week one was was an extremely interesting week. I mean, we had talked oh. about how like we wish we could have done. A podcast consistently yes. after every game, because after to, every game deserved a podcast. To almost. capture the ethos of every of these games would have been would have been ideal. I mean, the first game, a special game in its own right. What the Celtics the Nets? Celtics Nets game. I mean, it's hard to come out of that thing feeling like this is an interesting this this is an interesting team. Like, or not to not feel that way. To not feel that way, sure. And in the fact that you know, of course, the Celtics, the Nets are are linked up more than any other team in the mm-hmm. NBA, two teams in the NBA. And, yeah, let me give you your armrest back here. I don't need that. No, I just need my pen. Um, and if they had lost by 25 to the Celtics, it would have been immediately sort of the bad headlines all over again. The Nets are going to be terrible. The Nets are going to be terrible. You know what? And then I think it would have done a, a giant disservice just towards the general trajectory of the season. If they had really, like, pooped out that first night, I don't think they bounce back in Indiana the next night. I don't think they have a nail-biter in Milwaukee two nights after that. You know, it would have been, it's a, you know, I'm a kind of person, I, I'm a spiritual man by nature. I mean, not actually, but uh, I believe in, in, <laughs> Where energy, is this in energies, energies. Yes, I'm also very much that way. Yeah. I'm a headline believer, mostly. Right, you believe in the energy of the headline. Yeah. The, karma, the karmic <laughs> The headline builds off of everything. Really, is it comes in through the headlines for you. Um, and that's your version of voodoo, and I like that. Sure. Yeah, mine is, <laughs> mine's all about um, body language. That's really what mine's about. Yeah, you're a big body language, I'm big I, headlines. I, pretty much anything you need to know about someone, you read it in the shoulders. That's how I've often felt. We should have a separate podcast called Headlines, Shoulders, Knees, and Toes. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you just put that together? Wow. <laughs> just came, that just came together. Genius. Um, yeah, I mean, the, so, like, just first off, like, let's move to an Indiana game real quick. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, oh, was the dog drinking? Uh, oh, no. The dog was licking beer. Thank oh, you, Brian. How bad is that going to smell? Um, here, Mike. That, that one's <laughs> yours. That one's oh, yours. that's what you're concerned about. That the beer. <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, let me. All right, one sec. We're we're changing we're changing uh, yeah, handles here. Yeah. Um, if if they had 
so the fact that they beat Indiana, I think, is like that's the biggest headline of the whole entire first week of Nets basketball because I don't think the Sixers had a single game last year where they beat a team that should be in the playoffs. Indiana's mentioned as a top four seed, maybe, and they beat them. All right, so that's already a win. That's the best win of the season because it's the only one. Mm. But I thought I think that one game shows so much more than all the other ones, just because they actually won. They beat a good team, very good team, with whose starting lineup looks fantastic. Um, if they if they didn't win that game, they'd be winless and it would be terrible. Mm. But um, here's what we want to do. Yeah, uh, we're gonna do. What did we learn about the Nets? Wow. What did we learn the first week Whoa. about the Nets? Mike, wow, how academic what of you. What did we learn? My number one. Yeah, shoot. Kenny Atkinson is a promising coach. That's my number one thing. You know what you're going to hear about all season long, which I'm totally in favor of because this is something that I just generally say when I'm watching basketball, or uh, at least a, a team that I like. I'd be like, wow, look at those inbound plays. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's my number one <laughs> bullet point on why he's a good coach. Look at that. Because when was – so Jason Kidd had some – could could do some stuff too he, he had clever rotations he had clever matchups he didn't Holland's have like good set plays never i don't know what Holland's Holland's did well slept till noon and <laughs> and uh yeah and didn't like anybody he was grumpy but atkinson has already and not you know he may not be drawing up the inbounds plays it could be an offensive coach of some kind but already the team is like that is the best that is the net's pinnacle of every game is the fact that when they come out of a timeout or not a bounce play they usually score yeah um and I think that's 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 an actual indicator of a good coach because it shows at least there's there's one thing that you can do. Where there's sometimes an NBA that's like, you 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 have to explain to someone why anyone would ever have been a head coach besides the fact that they used to be a good basketball player. Yeah, I mean, and like going down like at the Milwaukee game, yeah, we got that was stone cold, super annoying, nail biting, John Henson uh, obnoxiousness. Yeah. Kenny Atkinson managed that game really expertly up to that. Like, think about how new these players are, how little they know about their roles. To have, like, to instill that discipline, to manage the clock at the end of a game, difficult. Difficult in any situation. And I think that's the biggest thing about this team that surprised me so far is that so many new players, but the fact that these guys seem to actually know what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Like, you talked about how Joe Harris, like, he has that sort of, like, on-court demeanor that he actually is supposed to be there. Mm Mm-hmm. He certainly does. I think everyone, most guys on this team, besides like dude, Rondé is my one outlier. He looks, yeah, he's struggling he's right lost now. Lost it badly, and I feel for him. I feel for your brother. And and I don't want to, you know, you don't want to jump to conclusions. This is not the jump to conclusions podcast. That'll be next week. Mm. But uh, Rondé has looked the worst out of all the players that are supposed to be good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's even lost on defense, which is the real that's that's the real indicator. Well, like of, Boyan's been guarding guys yeah. like the better players more consistently, I think, than Rondé. Yeah. Um, even, even Skillpatrick's bodying dudes better than than Rondé at the moment. Dude, Kilpatrick is I think Kilpatrick's the second best ball handler on the team. And he's dude, that Indiana game. You can pretty much chalk up to to Kilpatrick. And I, I think, you know, I know we're all waiting for Randy Floyd to come back. But yes, yes, I think Kilpatrick has shown that he deserves. Mm-hmm. I think he deserves play over Vasquez for sure as like a backup point guard. Now, you, know what, you know what I thought for the first time? So in the Milwaukee game, Vasquez doesn't come back in. Trevor Booker like came up gimpy at some point in the second quarter. And I actually had this thought. This is the first time I've ever thought anything like this. It was like, oh, gosh, I hope I hope they don't play too hard that they hurt themselves. That's the to, to get back in this game. 
And I, <laughs> what? like, with Trevor Booker, is like raging super hard. And I was like, I, How that, much do you love Trevor I've Booker? I love him so much already. Mean Dunker. Yeah, mean, mean everything. Dunker. Mean ev- does Just everything awesome. with a mean with a mean Looks, quality to it. Like again, I you know, so you'll hear in our Spinarkle interview. I'm a Wizards fan by birth, and why I, do you keep saying by birth? What does that mean? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure because they want to say by trade, but that's not really what it is. Because I'm not trading. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I didn't like you sign up to be. You're from the area. I'm from. Yeah, I'm from the DMV. You don't have to say. Everyone knows that. That's why you like. Unless you're bry. a Lakers no, or a not Bulls everyone knows, fan. Because we're on. We're on Nets Daily. Thank you, NetsDaily.com. You can just say you're a uh, Wizards fan. Not everyone pretty knows pretty much yet. Do you think, like, yeah. Even though I, our listenership has been going <laughs> through the roof, Brian. I come did from. Did you see our listener like, numbers? Yeah, I come from Memphis, and I'm a hardcore Wizards fan. You've never, <laughs> you've never heard that. You just say I'm a Wizards fan. Everyone puts it together. Okay. Um, Booker was never, like, Booker looks better than he's ever looked in his career. In terms of physically, just physically looks in shape. Well, and the uh, I love a guy that wears a t-shirt under his jersey, first of all, too. Excellent. Yeah. Good throwback to Patrick Ewing. Yes. No, you know, no, no Did one you say about. I don't know who Patrick is? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you may or may not know. No, I, I don't know if people like remember that he just wore like a gray tee under his shirt yeah, all the time. Sure. But um, mostly college phenomenon. And the fact that he's so what Booker's been doing. What? OK, so he exited my basketball consciousness for a couple of seasons. And the difference between when he was on the Wizards till now is basically now he handles the ball more. He's trying to shoot threes, which he should not do because he's not good at shooting threes. And he's like just like a super mean, athletic, totally content dude. This is like the perfect kind of team for him because he's just going to clean up boards, dunk the ball a bunch, and he, that's he all he can ask. One of those threes he's taken, that would be even sweeter. I re- I know that's sort of so, what was it, the Celtics game, they set the record for threes taken in the franchise history. I you know I don't think that's the way they should be playing basketball. Look, they've also scored the most in the first three games. I don't know I, the the fourth game is just a that doesn't count to school I'm going to wipe that counting the Bulls <laughs> wiping that off the, the yeah. yeah yeah. But in the first three, what it was uh, yes was running a um like a little banner it said that it was the most points in the first three games since uh, in the Nets franchise history since like 1984 or something obscene like that. Which yeah I sure. Mean, that means a lot. It it does <laughs> kind of. I mean, like for a team that's like on paper offensively, you know, deficient. Sure, and defensively. Yeah, well, the obvious deficient. thing is is how many points are getting scored against them. But um, you, if I had told you that in the first three games, that I, they would set that record, and I wouldn't know. I couldn't tell you who it was coming from. My only prediction would be that it would be coming from Brooke, which is not true. No, I mean Brooke has been. He hasn't played one game this year. Um, he's he, he's, he's played been, all games but one. Yeah, yeah. That's that's gonna sound Three. funny if you say it the other way. Okay. Yeah. He 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 hasn't played one game this year. He hasn't played one game this year. Makes it sound like he hasn't he, played a game yet. He hasn't played one game. In I know. One I game. know what you in one game. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I'm missing words. Um, the first game against the Celtics, he played 21 minutes. Something like Are that. Are you asking me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty-one um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-one, twenty-two. Yeah. You know, I round up. Yeah. Um, and he really has a bit of factor all this year. You know, so real quick, let's do. And also, we're gonna do what? I this is my number two. And what did we learn? Baby gloves with Brooke. Baby gloves. Why? What does that mean? With Brooke, they're treating with with hands off. They're 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 you, already sitting you, him on back. Do you know to, that the the idiom is kid gloves? It's called kid gloves. But, but it's even it's even <laughs> smaller. softer. It's even softer and smaller. 
That's what I'm saying. Did you know that though? And that B- even, yeah, what kid gloves? Yeah, you knew kid gloves. And yeah, you're like let's take. And it also, I needed further. a B word because uh, for Brooke. I yeah, yeah. Baby gloves. Yeah, sure. Um, if Brooke had played in Milwaukee, they would have won that game. Mm-hmm. Do you think so? Yes. You, you like to? Just... How do you feel about how they're handling Brooke? No, they would have won that game for sure. They would have won that game. There's no question they would have won the game if they had Brooke Lopez in the lineup. Yeah, I mean. Um... There was a little infographic about like Brooks' usage, um, and it's obviously all over the map in the first three games. Um, but and we've always said this, and we'll continue to say this, and this is something that they did in the Pacers game, so we know that it's a thing. But basically, using him as the finisher, the last cut, the final guy that's rolling to the basket within eight feet, you pretty much can't stop him. We don't need to run the post stuff for him that much. We don't need him shooting threes that much. And we did all this in the Patriots game. He has game. been shooting threes. He's been shooting threes, but I, I get the sense that that doesn't feel good for anybody anymore. I, I don't want it to feel good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge uh, anti-making centers shoot threes unless they're Justin Hamilton types. Right. Type of, was, was she licking your beer again? No, I just I was guarding against that. Good. But, um, but yeah, no, so the, like... I do not believe in as a thing. I do not. I know we're in a three-point revolution, but I do not believe in as a thing, i.e., Trevor Booker, Brook Lopez, that guys should just be able to. Everyone should be shooting threes. That's not the way you're supposed to play basketball, and I don't think it's helpful. Like, like Brook may be able to make it a wide-open three. That's not the way it's supposed to be done. That's not the way it's done. Um, but I don't. I don't agree with it with this team. They shot a ton of threes. It offends you. I can feel it. Like you're you're kind of no, repulsed by it. So like so like Kenny Atkinson's is in so they shoot a ton of threes in the first game, and I know like so that's what they want to do. And he was even he was I was watching the post game of his interview with all the media, and he was shocked by how many threes they did. And he was even saying there's you know we took a lot of open looks too. We mm-hmm. may have missed them, but like there's a couple of them we we should not have taken. Um, and I understand you don't if you want to be a three point shooting team, you can't tell your team. To try to be more selective yet. Like, you have to build it into them. Yeah. But like, here's the thing. They, there's it, dudes that shouldn't be shooting threes. In a lot of those games, though, they're they're not... It's very rare that I say, like, oh, that's a really bad shot. Like, there's... You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't necessarily... They're not hitting their shots. <laughs> that's that's true. But I don't see a whole... Because a lot of defenses are giving... I think... I don't know. Get, I think there are bad shots. I think there's a lot of times that the guys just jack up threes right away without running an offensive set. And I... I think you have to try to to run some type of offense to get looks. I should say not bad shots, open shots. They're all shooting open yeah. shots. Okay, yeah. yeah, they are open. They are open because they're shooting immediately. Purposely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then again, like so, if I'm going to give an overall grade on the first four games, I don't know, man, a, a B, B plus. Well, so right. Well, like, yeah. So you're just whipping that up. But let's get back to the Brook thing. Baby gloves. They there is evidence that they know what to do with Brooke based on what they were were doing in the Indiana game. Can't look at that game and say like anything but so he had a nice line and was basically being used as like as optimally as you use a player like Brooke Brooke Lopez. Then you see that not at all the case in the Chicago game. Um how do you explain that, Mike? Go ahead. I- well, how do you explain the fact that they didn't know what to use? How, how they they didn't do a good job of using him in the Celtics game necessarily. Didn't do a good job of using him in the Bulls game. But in the middle, sandwiched in that, there is a beautiful smoky salami of Brook Lopez being utilized perfectly. I explain it away by the fact that it's a new coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Brook is... So you would think going into the season that Brook would be the easiest player to slot in 
just because he's the best and he's a center who likes the ball in a certain area and that's what he does and you give him the ball in that certain area it's easy but with this team he has to figure out Jeremy Lin's not a natural point guard he's not he's good you're gonna hear it you're gonna hear he's it. on my fantasy team that sounded vaguely critical you're gonna hear it brother. thank you he's Alex actually Boyd. On, he's, he's on my fantasy team too that's so embarrassing oh i had to get goodness. my friend to draft for me such fanboys drafted he got wait i didn't because, draft for you what no, the hell because because oh, you wouldn't do it what do you mean i, I wouldn't do it i, I asked said, you and you were like oh i, don't I said i i don't know i may have I a know. thing and then you know, yeah so i yeah i know what that means i may have a thing okay fine look also fine you know my but he but the person who drafted for me alex boyd Got me Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. Sh- a shout out? Yeah. Because he listens of, to What this. kind of league are you in that you get Russell? Is there like four guys in this league? No, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a auction. Auction style. Jesus. He paid $65 for Russell Westbrook. Worth every penny. Um, so, Brooke, why is he not playing well? New coaching staff, figuring out the team. They're, again, I'm sure it's not easy on him, the fact that it's good for him that they're restricting minutes, but it's not easy on him that they're doing that. He has he hasn't been in a flow in had any flow at all in the preseason. Goes into the season, goes against a tough Celtics team. Celtics are a tough team for a, uh, like a traditional post player, especially now that they have Horford, because they throw a bunch of guys at you in many different directions. Indiana made more sense. Indiana's like we're gonna put Al Jefferson on you at some points. He does which, gobble up players like Al Jefferson. Yeah, like dudes that are just, if you're just gonna give like brute strength against Brooke. Then that's yeah. what he wants. It's, it's the John Hensons of the world that that give him trouble. The gangly, sort of athletic, mm-hmm. confront you defensively. Um, okay, am I mad about how they're they're dealing with Brooke? I'm not mad <laughs> about how they're dealing with Brooke. I do. I don't love it. Thing, I don't love it because I I'm always under the belief that like you should try to win games. Mm. And you should you shouldn't try to win games at all costs, especially when your team probably won't make the playoffs. But I do. I don't like super love like this. Like I hope this doesn't continue. That's what I hope. I don't want this to be like Brooke like plays sixty five games this year because he sits twenty of them for rest. Yeah, I don't think that's good. The listeners at home, I just want to stress how much you're missing out visually when Mike gets going. His gesticulations are. So strange, so unique. I've never, I've, this is the, uh, the well. When we get our TV show, it's you, gonna happen. At, at one point, I think you were pantomiming that you were, you had your hand on the Bible and the other <laughs> the Torah. <laughs> like you were yeah. Please, you were swearing on a holy text while you were saying that thing about Brooke Lopez. Sure. It's inspired. It's inspired speech. Do you want to move on to something else or? Um, the, my my third. Oh, what sure. did we learn? Is Trevor Booker. And that, so you learned we, that you love him more, more than you thought more. you ever could love a man. No, there's a no. There's, there's you can love a man more. There's more room. Than Trevor in Booker. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I'm trying to find which, besides family members and friends, which man do I love the most? I you've talked highly of Kevin Costner in the past. <laughs> among among, I do others. love the perfect game. Yeah, I know you do. Or a perfect game, whichever one oh, is. Geez. I was so you know like we grew up at a time when we didn't really have the internet. We had the internet, but then it, but so I didn't know that the perfect a, a perfect game or the perfect game. What was, are you about to launch? Okay, into okay. Here? Yeah. I didn't know that was like a movie people made fun of, and that they said. So Bill Simmons has has said many times that that would be a good baseball movie if you took away all the Kelly Preston stuff, all the rom com stuff. Mm-hmm. That makes it a better movie, and <laughs> I may fast forward through the baseball to get to the rom com to get to the rom com stuff. Because it's so, I mean, you're like, 
you're like just friends is uh, you're like when Harry met just Sally. friends you know, and friends with benefits. I've probably watched when Harry met Sally like five hundred times. Right? I know uh, the sauce that that um I'm that when we flew over to here when we flew over to I have to open up a can of pizza sauce hey, for you're my not wife right now. Do it. Oh, thank God. Oof, that, that got I hope, close. I hope that made it to the mic. <laughs> I hope it did because that it is the manliest was, thing. I've by done. the way, everybody, that was the second try. Just just FYI. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Is When Harry Met Sally the best rom-com of all time? No. But it's the most important? Yeah. Most important. Right? Everyone's going to hate us if we don't get to the mailbag, shall we? Mailbag. Ugh. Mail time. Mail time! You taking me to... Yeah. Okay, mail time. Take me down, brother. Take me back up. Take me around town. Um, so, we got your boy. Uh, well, first of all, let me just give my, my whole spiel. Everybody. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell everybody. We got a phone number now. Yes. Oh, wait. I got to pull this thing up. We're going to have to put this back in. Um, no, 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 no. I've got Here. the phone number. You you give your mail spiel. Pull, pull, up, pull up Google Voice and I'll. Uh, no, no. I'll, oh, you do have the phone number. Oh, yeah, awesome. yeah, I have the phone right, number. So you do. You it. do your spiel about the, what, so, where you can email us. Well, first of all, let me give you the spiel about the phone number um, because so I set up this thing. So now you can just call in instead of having to do the arduous task of typing out. That's so 2015. Typing out your thoughts. Yeah, no one wants to do that. Just call in and it'll go right to a voice. Well, it won't. It'll ring a couple times and then go right to a voicemail. And just like leave us some crank call us whatever whatever you got to do actually don't do that because I got to look I gotta, oh well you should maybe and also with enjoyable. telephone technology we'll be able to do live call-ins right, right. we can do live call-ins we can we'll we'll get to that but yeah just drop us a voicemail we'll air that thing it'll be like one of those fancy podcasts like you know one of those sex advice podcasts <laughs> but this will be about basketball um, also you know the number you do, is you can do the traditional way oh, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, tweet yeah. we'll tweet out the number and put it on our twitter page as well which is at bk glue guys but uh uh six four six five nine eight seven five five four that once, is once again six four six five nine eight seven five five four give it give it to me one more time just to make sure six four six five nine eight seven five five four I think I hope that's it. It's someone's number. That's that is that sounds right. Um, okay, and then there's also the traditional way, which is also you know, the you know I'm a I'm an old school kind of guy. What are you looking at, Mike? Something's wrong with your phone? No, I just a, a weird nothing. Uh-oh. A weird Bleacher Report headline. Okay. Well, what else is new? Um, so yeah, and then there's the email sphere, netspod at gmail dot com. Um, Twitter at bk glue guys. Yeah, all the ways to reach out. You can you can you know snail mail me something. I'll uh, email you my personal address. You can you can just show up at my door and we can talk. Um, so the first is from. Hold on, did you put it up the volume? Yeah, it's Jose. This is just Jose. Thanks, Madonna. Um, thanks, Jose, for reaching out. Uh, we love and respect what you do. Um, he says, what type of contract do you envision Boggs getting if A, he has a great year, B, he has a good year, C, he has an average year, D, he has a bad year? I think, I think, <laughs> I think Jose, Look, you know the answer to that question. Um, if he has a great year, he'll have a great contract. Yeah, well, I mean, he'll never have a, I mean, if, what's a great year for 
I mean, if, <laughs> are we talking? Okay. Well, okay. Great year for Boyan is 18 points a game and 40% from three and chipping in maybe like three or four rebounds and two assists. If he does that, that's a pretty, he's going to get 12, at least $12 million a year, at least. Um, that's probably even too light. 15 million. What do I think he's going to do? I think he's going to, he's probably going to be actually kind of close to that. He's been really confident and good. And maybe this is the Atkinson effect. Maybe it's just comfort, but he's been looking pretty solid. The only thing that's going to hold him back is the fact that he's not that tall and not that athletic. So he really. Six, eight? You think think they're fudging the numbers, huh? I don't think he's six, eight. Because if he's six, eight, that means he could play the four, and he's never played the four in his life. Six, eight, guys. Booker's not even six, eight, but he can play the four because he's just. He's I, know, I think the four is a, is a sensibility. I think the four is a, it's wow. a, it's a state of mind. You know what I'm saying? I think oh, it is smoking up in here. Um, what have you thought of Boyan so far this year? He's he's what he's always been. If this is going to happen for him, this is kind of the year. It's got to happen. There's It's never going to be a more – he will never have a, a brighter green light than this season Yeah, to do what he needs to do. The hope is that he he takes that green light, drives super fast. And drives right into the trade deadline and gets flipped for <laughs> something decent. You're like, so cutthroat. You got no emotional attachment. Like, no, no, not for Boyan. I mean, he's fine. He's just not. Yeah. He, I'm not. I'm not going to Barclays for Boyan. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Or, or at all in general. <laughs> I've got a five game ticket package true, this I year. Forgot, I forgot about that. Which I'm going to flip for some money. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife says yes. She was not happy about that purchase. Yeah. Not happy at I all. Think, I think you'll like it in the end. Me? Yeah. I do have those Celtics tickets on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Let's go. We'll, Should we just give them away to <laughs> we'll Give it to me. Yeah. Um, we'll talk. So what happens if he gets a bad, if he has a bad year, he's out of the league, right? Yeah. He's going over to Europe, yeah. which is not that bad of an idea. You know, it's fine. No, he dominates. He's, he's got the Euro game locked in. You know? Yeah, sure. Um, the next is for... Cheer boy. Lou Estevez. Big Lou. Lou Estevez, seven feet tall, 290 pounds. Is that right, Lou? No, that's not true. I just made that up. Lou is just a, probably just a regular guy, um, but I don't want to speak to that. I want to talk about his question. Um, Lou, if you remember last week or two weeks ago, asked us about um, the D. Sloan horn. Sure. And he's like, you know, what, who are we going to replace? We have a lot, of, a lot of new listeners. If you don't know the D Sloan horn, the D Sloan horn was. You know what that is? Not that. That's the J Ham squeal. That's for, <laughs> <laughs> that's the answer right there. We're squealing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's horrible. It's horrible. Do it again. <laughs> Give me that. We may never do that again. No, that's every week. <laughs> Dude, the, the, the J hand squeal. squeal. <laughs> yeah, he was thinking think of that. He was Excellent. thinking Anthony Bennett something or other, but no, no, hell no. no, this is a J ham squeal. Um again, if you don't know the D Sloan horn, it's just that we we I'm played drop a lot. It. Oh, this may be this is gonna it, be it the was last something we played because you hear the D, D Sloan D Sloan do that kind of stuff. D Sloan D Sloan That kind of thing. Because he's such an exciting player. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Lou, thank you for reminding me, reminding to inspire me. What? I don't know. 
So um, that's candidate number one. I mean, we're going to keep rolling out candidates, but I think that's probably going to be the winner. Feels like that's going to be tough to beat. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. The the Vasquez Venezuela. I just, just kind of thought of a bit of a Ben Bennett one. What's you, the you do like a big Ben, like the sound of the big? Is that a clock tower? Right. Yeah, but I don't know if it makes a sound though. Sound. But we could we can act like it does. What uh what's the Vuvuzela? The Vasquez Vuvuzela. Ugh. Vasquez. No, it's I, I don't think it's good. It's clever. It works. <laughs> but I don't think I don't think there's any going to be any chance to play it. I mean, D. Sloan has had more moments than than uh, Vasquez has yeah. so far this year. You know what my response to all that is it's just ugh, yeah, it, ugh, it's horrible. The image on that too. We got to we got to tweet that out. It's, it's like the, I don't know what's happening to the pig at that moment. It's so there's I'm playing this off a YouTube video and the pig's like eyes roll in the back of its head when it squeals. It's horrifying. I don't think that's what happens. Um, anyways, so and then Lou goes on to be just talking about what a what a wild week it's been, and it definitely has been. But generally, he's like it's just much better than last year. He's stoked, he's fired up, and I can get behind that all day long. Sure. Um, and that's it. That's all the news we had. Just two. So you guys, we probably should have tweeted out that we were doing this, and yeah, that's what gotten more. No, that's fine. That's you know, I'm I'm partly responsible. Um, do you want to just move right along to the news, or do you want to like plug the Spinarkle thing here, or what? So I have no news. No, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. So the Spinnacle thing covers it. So coming oh, up, you know what? There was. Did you see this? You, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Um, this is the Tristan Thompson beef with with LeBron about Chloe Kardashian. I, I saw a headline. It's total nonsense. I, I mean, it's got to be nonsense. But it was like on Barstool Sports or something terrible like that. Um. Anyways, LeBron. What's, what's the gist of it? Yeah. So everyone knows. Any thinking person knows that the Kardashians are like succubus. You know, they're all they take your life force mm. and leave you as they're good people. Yeah. Well, yes, but they take you and they they Cause suck Kanye, out your spirit. Kanye wouldn't be with someone that's not a good person and just leave you as a as a husk. A you know. The husk is even there at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so that's LeBron sees that she is sinking in her fangs. Yeah, not bad. It's like a grapefruit thing. We're drinking these fancy grapefruit beers, or I don't know. There's, there's shout out to. Uh, there's definitely a hint. It's Stone <laughs> sponsored Stone Go to IPA. Yeah, this sponsoring this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, you can find them on Instagram at Stone Brewing Co. Pretty good. They're on sale at Whole Foods right now in Chelsea. Um. And if Stone Brewing Co. wants to sponsor this podcast, you can reach us at NetSpot. Our rates are pretty high, though. Yeah, I will say we're that. holding out for the big, for the big one, for the big contract. Nissan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. We want that big Nissan contract. Um, what was I saying before all that? Tristan happened? Thompson. Oh yeah. So, so uh, what's hot takes on whether or not the Kardashians spiritually le- uh, can can disconnect you from your soul? You know, or okay, just basically, if if what's being said is like, so LeBron doesn't want her at games. Is that kind of monitoring those types of distractions, good or bad? Bad. Mm. Bad. Okay. Are you kidding me? Like, so we all we all know that Tristan Thompson got paid this because is a, this he's is associated also, with LeBron. But not to. This is probably a fake story. Let's just put this out there. Yeah, but yeah. okay. Yeah. But we're dealing with the Kardashians, so I think yeah. we can say whatever we want. Sure. Um, the, if that actually happened, that would be horrible. Can you imagine someone in your workplace went to you and said, 
your your wife cannot come to the Christmas party this year. It's a girlfriend, though. I mean, the the Christmas party is one thing. That's one day out of the year. If we'd be like, can my girlfriend come every day of work? Well, they would say no. Khloe Kardashian's not coming to a game in Cleveland every day. You don't know how clingy the Kardashians are. That's how they steal the soul, Michael. Kim was at Prudential Center watching Chris Humphreys ball his face off like multiple times. I was there. I would watch her. But she wasn't that super famous then. She was kind of like climbing the ladder at that point. Is Chris, hum- Chris Humphreys, is he the best net ever or the greatest net ever? I mean, he was like, he landed like the most solid you know, piece. <laughs> I don't speak that way. That's not who I am. Um, All right. You know. That's it. Should News around the league. Uh, you're going you're gonna to leave me there. Brutal. Um, so what you're going to hear coming up oh, is man. the Jim Spernarkle interview. After that, it's just the podcast is just going to end. My, there's, there's not going to be an outro. You set me up. Spernarkle comes after I say weird stuff about the Kardashians. <laughs> brutal. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so literally, you're going to hear us stop talking. Then you're going to hear me talk again, introing Jim Spernarkle. And then that'll, that'll be the end of the podcast. So thank you, um, Nets Daily, for posting us on the website. And you can find us on iTunes and you're gonna want to do. I bet you're gonna want to do another little take of this for like. Okay, so you just listen to Jim Spinarco. So why don't you just do that? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so you'll have Jim Spinarco coming up, and we'll be right back after that. If you're a Nets fan and you've listened to this podcast, you probably have seen this man and heard this man talk many times about the Nets. Uh, joining us now on the line is Yes Analyst Jim Spinarco. Jim, thank you for joining us tonight. You're welcome. My pleasure. Good to be with you guys. Brian had a a question off the bat that he wanted to oh. roll right to you. Oh, thanks, Mike. Hey, Jim, how's it going? It's Brian. How are you? Good, Brian. So we, we've seen a couple games here. We saw a like a, a loss that looked like it was going to be a blowout, and then we made it kind of close. We saw a win, a hard-fought win that looked pretty encouraging. We saw a heartbreaker, wherein we kept it close the whole time. And then we just saw a flat-out, stone-cold blowout. Um, so as best as you can guess, like what, what is, what are we going to see most of in this season? Like what is going to be the theme that's going to reoccur? Going to be the like fake comeback or is it going to be lots of blowouts or what's the situation? Um, I don't, I, I think when you look at the first four games and albeit, I mean, you know, Kenny Atkinson and Sean Marks putting, trying to put everything together early on with, you know, the summer playing in the summer and working out in the summer with these guys and the training camps. And now the first four games of the season, I, I think it's, probably too early to put a finger on it, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit of everything that we've seen so far in the first four games of the year. I think you're going to see, I, I think last night was one of those like, you know, outliers where, and I, I can't put a finger on it because I know somebody will always ask the follow-up question. Well, how does that happen? But when guys come out, you know, a few of them played maybe okay, but for the most part, it was one of those games that you just kind of, as a former player, I've had many of them. It's kind of like a stinker, and you just kind of put it behind you and, and be grateful that you have a game on uh, two nights later. So I think you'll see a, you know, a couple of those throughout the course of the year. I think what you'll see most likely, though, is the ability for um, this team to come together and play hard and work hard and continue to stick together and play together. Yeah. And I think that's sort of the – so, like, I want to hear your initial impressions of Kenny Atkinson because from my end – you know, I don't want to compare him to Lionel Hollins or, you know, any of the previous coaches, but um, the the main difference between Hollins and Atkinson seems to be that Atkinson, of course, we knew of him as like this epic teacher. You know, Jeremy Lin gave him a ton of right. credit for his development. And you see it on the floor. You see him 
go up to players during timeouts and speak directly to them about things that they actually did. What has stood out to you? What kind of coach is Kenny Atkinson? What kind of uh, coach have you seen him be so far? Well, what I, what I see initially is, is a guy who's very, very thorough, well-prepared for his team, and a good understanding of what he wants to do and what he wants to try to implement. Um, you know, albeit it's only four games, but on a short-term basis. I think there's a confidence level um, that, A, he kind of passes along to his players, and B, and more importantly, I think, to Jeremy Lin as the coach to the point guard, which I think is very, very important, especially in this day and age, especially when you have a new cast of characters, you know, including, you know, uh, the coach and Kenny and the cast of characters of new faces on this team, you need a, a guy who's going to lead from the bench, but also lead from the, uh, the court. And I think, so that symmetry is pretty good. I think what you're going to see is a guy, you know, one of the things that I've picked up pretty early, both with, with Kenny and with, and with Sean, is just the way these guys, the players and reading papers and hearing their, con- their the stories and, and reading and hearing their comments is that they didn't mind coming in in the summer to work. They feel that the organization is, is, is being run well, that the players um, really being thought of and, and cared for. The players come first. All these good things, almost as if you're, you're treating the players like clients, which is interesting from a servicing standpoint. And that's only good because I think the players, once they understand that they have the back of the, co- the coaches backing them, the uh, general manager of the organization is backing them, and providing for them, the best environment that they possibly can have, and not only on the practice court, but also from a travel standpoint, from a conditioning standpoint, from the, you know, the, um, you know, eating properly and diet and worrying about the strength and conditioning and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. I picked up early on that it seems like everybody's pointing to the fact that this group is headed in the right direction. They all are on the same page with their goals and their objectives. Now, will they, will they achieve everything? Who knows? Probably not because it's a young, young group. Um, but the expectations are there not to have a great season if you listen to everybody. And I think, you know, if you're a competitor, and I think a lot of these guys are, you love to have people telling you, well, we're only supposed to win 20 or 22 games. I think you can thrive off that. Yeah. Speaking just purely to like basketball ideology, you've seen already we shoot tons of threes. It's a sort of D'Antoni esque offense. Just to your eye, do you think that's the way to go? Like, in the early going this season, is this a offensive identity that we think is going to be like tied to the Nets going forward? Or I, I think it's going to be a, a part of it, not a major part of their identity. But I also think you're going to see them incorporate, um, and this is just a guess. I haven't spoken to anybody about this, but just the the ability to keep the ball moving is one thing, and I think by passing it is an important thing. But I think. Um, for the most part, at least my impression of basketball and the way it's being played now, the success is that you have to put the ball on the floor to challenge people. You know, four guys are standing around the perimeter, just passing it around the perimeter. Very easy to guard after a while. Yeah. But if one guy catches it, puts it on the floor, maybe tries to go by somebody, gets not only his own man to react, but other his teammates to react offensively, then it's a good time to kick it to the second guy in line. If he does the same exact thing, it's, it's even better to kick it to the third guy. So, I think you'll see them gradually get better and better at that. Um, now, some guys, you know, are probably not programmed to do that as much compared to other guys, but I think you'll see guys like a Jeremy Lin, for example, catch the ball in stride at the three-point line if he's covered. I think you'll see him go by people as we have already in four games and then kick the ball out. And then the second guy who catches it in that particular example, if he doesn't have a shot, he's almost got to do the same exact thing. You know, either keep the ball moving around the perimeter quickly 
forth really make and contest your defender. You know, a lot of times people talk about, you know, putting pressure on people. And what's the first thing you think about is you think about the defensive guy putting pressure on the offensive guy. And that's a normal sequence of basketball. But I like to flip that. The offensive guy has to put pressure on the defensive guy to make him earn his play every single time down defensively. If you do that, then that's going to force the defender's teammates to help out and then recovery is that much slower, so you'll be able to get a little better shot. And and it wasn't even that this team went through, you know, front office changeover and head coaching changeover. I think there's something like nine new players on this team, some big number like that. Um, to me, the most surprising player is Trevor Booker because, you know, I'm a Wizards fan by birth, and I saw Booker for many years, and he's always been like a fine bench player, but he's been pretty phenomenal this year. In terms of all the new guys... Who's been the most, I guess, surprising overall for you? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to judge just in four games. I'll, I'll give you that Booker has played well. I like his ability to, to go after the rebounding, obviously. But I also like his ability to grab a defensive rebound and occasionally push it up the floor. Um, I think that makes a whole lot of sense and helps the team pushing it up. Um, I would say Justin Hamilton has been a nice surprise early on, you know, um, absent last night when everybody, you know, didn't play to, I think, to their capability. I think Hamilton's ability to shoot the basketball from long range has been a nice, pleasant surprise and the ability. I think he's a good fit if you're going to continue to shoot the ball from long range, having a guy who's almost seven feet tall be out there shooting the basketball, especially you know, when he's out there with Brooke Lopez, who Brooke sliding to the middle of the floor, maybe to the post. Um, you know, now you need a power forward to go out and guard Hamilton with his shot. I think I did. Uh, I think Hamilton uh, even on. I'm surprised almost more about his defense too. I mean, I'm not saying you know he's not a fantastic defender. He's not you know someone who's going to block four shots a game, but he's been pretty effective in altering guys' shots at the hoop. Which you know when you hear the scattering board on someone like him, you think like he's a seven footer who just shoots threes, and he was never thought of as being like a tough interior defender. But he's altered plenty of shots. I mean, the Bucks game was. His, his his defensive play to end the game would have been the defensive play of the game if mm. not for Henson to tip it in. So I'm surprised that H- Hamilton is that. You know, he's not yeah. great, but he's decent and he tries, basically. Yeah, no, I, and I think the last part of what you said is that he tries and he gives you that effort. And, you know, that's one of the things that this I'm sure this coaching staff and organization is looking for, and I know that. You know, who are the guys who are going to get the effort every single night? You know, and, that, and that's one of the things that, you know, you have to really come to grips with. And I'm not telling Kenny, you know, Atkinson and Sean Marks anything that they don't know is the fact that, you know, you're going to go out there and, you, you know, as long as your effort is there for 82 games, there's no one on the planet who plays, you know, great basketball for 82 nights, you know, except guys like LeBron and Jordan probably, you know, guys like that. But with, with the, the roster that they have, they know that some, t- some nights certain guys are going to be playing well and you have to ride them and give them a little extra minutes and give them an extra look. And other nights they're going to go to the bench. But, you know, I think, you know, with the bench right now, one of the things it seems like after four games, absent last night, you know, having some contributions from the bench, getting some equal playing time, getting some equal point production can only help this team with the the young guys that they have for the most part who are trying to um, establish themselves as NBA players. And, you know, I'm not saying, you know, you, you brought up before, you know, a Booker. I know he's been around a little while. But still, he's, he's trying to establish – an elevation to his game in terms of taking his game to the next level. And I think if each and every player approaches it like that, then, and I think that's what, you know, Kenny and Sean are trying to get out of these guys. They listen, you know, you came into this 
maybe you came in as with a reputation as a shooter, but that's fine. But we need you to defend. We need you to rebound. We need you to help out. We need you to be a team player in other in other aspects. And I think that's what coaching is all about. And I think Kenny Atkinson has the ability to uh, to guide guys, to develop guys, to get them on the same page. And I think that part of it has been pretty evident that he's uh, he, he's pretty good at what he does, even though it's only four games in. The one other headline, I think, for me, so are these past four games, besides the fact that they've been closer than I think most people expected, especially in Boston and nearly winning in Milwaukee, is the fact that uh, what the Nets are doing with Brooke Lopez in terms of minutes and sitting him already for one game. Is this something that, do you think it's just that this is how the NBA is now? It's just that guys are not going to play 82? They're mostly, they're going to be sat for rest. Rest is a new injury reason for why people are sitting. Or, I mean, what do you, how do you understand the Nets' plan about using Brooke Lopez? This is just something that they're, we're all going to have to kind of get used to. Well, I, I think there's a, there's a growth mechanism in place. I think if you ask any player, and I think Brooke even said it in this comments, that he wants to play. If Brooke, if Brooke Lopez or any other player says, you know what, I'd like to take two weeks off, play five games and take two more weeks off, well, then maybe with that player in particular, you're going to have a problem on your hands, right? So, all players want to play, but I think you have to look at the blueprint and the foundation of what Kenny and Sean are trying to do. Um, you know, I think they're trying to utilize in so much, you know, over the last three to five years uh, to that point of taking rest and resting, you know, the, the NBA travel and the play can be just grueling on your body. So, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense, quite candidly, to make sure, you know, like the Nets in particular and a lot of NBA teams now and, and pro sports in particular – are spending a lot of time talking to guys and, and, and training them in the areas of conditioning, of taking care of your body, of preparing yourself better, sleeping well, eating well, um, so that it, it kind of carries itself to the court so you can can maximize your effort. And sometimes if that means that, you know, you're not going to play, you know, the, the third game in three or four nights or whatever the case may be, um, I think there's some logic behind it over the course of an 82-game schedule. All right, well, Jim, we really appreciate you joining us. That's Jim Spinarkle, of course, from Yes. Uh, you can catch him. Jim, are you going to Detroit, or what's your schedule coming up for um, Yeah, I have, I have uh, Wednesday home versus Detroit, and then uh, Charlotte is home uh, this coming Friday, so I'll be doing both of those games All right, on the Yes Network. We catch him on Yes. Uh, thank you again for calling in. Thank you, Jim. You're welcome. Thanks, guys, for speaking with you. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. And that was Jim Spinarkle. So thank you, Jim, for joining us again. Um Brian, give us, give us the where can you reach us? All that stuff. I know. Come on. Netspod at Gmail is where you can email us. The phone number, we will tweet it out. Yeah. We'll put it in our Twitter profile. We want phone calls. How disastrous do you think it'll be to tweet this out? Like, who or is this just going to get signed up to a bunch of spam? I mean, to me, it's all good stuff. If, well, <laughs> all, all that spam was good stuff. If, if people want to, I mean, if people want to just leave like horrible messages, they can do that too. It's not, you know, they can do whatever yeah, they want because you don't have to listen to them. I get it. I see what's going on here. Um, don't they also like verbate them for you? Doesn't Google verbate the messages for you? Verbate? <laughs> yeah, verbatims. That's how we say it in the biz. In the news biz, we call them verbates. <laughs> um, check us out on Twitter at BK Glue, guys. Yes. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Nets Daily. Thank you again for hosting. Yeah. Um, Brian, Michael, we did it. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Talk to you later. What is this? Thanks for listening.